Hi, I'm Jill. In this episode of The Vibe, we're going to listen to a discussion between Dr. Keith Hurst and Angela King talking about what it's like to study a criminal investigation or law subject. Hello, my name's Keith Hurst and I'm an Associate Dean here at Teesside University. I'm here today to speak with Angela King, who's our Head of Department for Law, Police and Investigation in Teesside Law School. So we're just going to work through a few questions and we're going to start um, thinking about police. So if I was thinking about applying to university and I would like to be a police officer, is there a particular path that they should take with us? Is there a particular degree? Yeah, well there are a couple of options if you want to be a police officer. Things changed quite considerably in 2016 when the College of Policing decided that policing had to be a degree level profession. So if you want to be a police officer now, you do have to have a degree. There are a number of routes that you can can follow, a number of different ways of achieving that, but the most obvious and direct way into the police is through what they call a pre-join degree which um, is officially titled the BSc Honours in Professional Policing. Okay. Um, And that degree has been specifically designed to equip graduates when they complete with all of the underlying academic subject knowledge that they'll need in order to work in the police, but also introduce them to some of the more practical skills that they'll, they'll need to be able to use. Okay, that's really helpful. Mm. I've heard of the College of Policing. Mm -hmm. Is that something that is important to look for if you're studying a policing degree? Absolutely, yes. So the College of Policing are the external agency who sort of govern uh, police forces and and the education of police forces across England and Wales. So there are 47 different forces in the College of Policing are intrinsically involved in making sure that those those forces are operating within a specific set of guidelines Um, but they've also been involved in designing what's known as the policing education qualification framework which is that that underpins the policing degree um, and helps to to sort of mold the curriculum. Great thank you and Policing, I guess if you're studying policing, some of those students will want to be a police officer, uh-huh. as, as we were just saying. Um, does that mean that the people who are teaching them have got some experience of working as police officers, or does it not work like that? Um, sometimes, certainly at Teesside, we've got um, a, a mixture of both what we might call traditional academic staff, but we've also got uh, a number of uh, the team who have practical experience as well, who've worked either within the police or they've worked sort of more broadly in the criminal justice agencies um, as crime scene examiners, for example, which okay. obviously feeds into the policing and the crime investigation degrees. Okay, thank you. And when you're studying a, a policing degree, is there anything on the campus that we use to make things a bit more realistic or is everything just in a classroom? No, we've got some fantastic facilities. We've got actually got a replica uh, courtroom. So the policing students use that quite a lot. Obviously, as a police officer, if you've been on at the scene of a crime, you might be expected and will frequently be expected to go to court and testify and give evidence. So we use the mock courtroom um, as an opportunity to give our students a real taste of what it will be like to give evidence in court. We've also got a police station 
um, so a replica police station and the pre-joined students in particular use the interviewing facilities so again making sure that they understand the processes of interviewing suspects um, or witnesses um, when they're collating evidence that will then go to court so we use all of those facilities. Oh that sounds great really really interesting. Can I just ask you you've used the phrase there um, pre-join mm -hmm. can I just check that I understand what that means because I, is that the undergraduate degree so and what, what quite does it mean? Yeah, so that's the undergraduate degree in professional policing. We call it pre-join because as I said it equips the students with all of those skills that they'll need in order to be able to progress to the next stage of training. Okay. The next stage of training would be the practical training that they would get with whichever force they join. Um, okay. So once they've graduated, they'd need to apply to a police force right. and then they would be trained on the job as ah, well. I understand. So it's pre-joining pre the police Pre-joining the police, yeah. Okay, that's great. Thank you. So I'd like now to move on and ask you about a crime and investigation degree because in some ways it's maybe similar to the mm -hmm. professional policing degree but I'm guessing it must also be different so could you maybe tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so crime and investigation, the BSc Honours in Crime and Investigation, um, there are some common modules, there are some shared modules if, as you've alluded to Keith where um, the crime investigation students study alongside the policing students. Um, they tend to be modules that um, relate to the legal system and how the legal system works. But actually the crime investigation degree is a much broader um, degree. It's, it's very um, diverse on the crime investigation degree. You'll study all kinds of different modules and it's been designed really for those students who think that they would like to go into the criminal justice system and work in one of those agencies so it could be for example in probation it could be um, in the prisons it could be um, in the police but perhaps in more of a um, like a, a, an investigative role in the okay. station rather than on the beat as a police officer okay. so it's it's really has been designed for for students who've got an interest in the criminal justice field but may not necessarily want to be in the police as a police officer. Okay, that's really helpful to understand the difference between mm. the two. <clears throat> Does that mean if somebody started on the crime and investigation degree thinking that they didn't want to become a police officer, mm -hmm. but during the course of studying they decided actually I think I would like to be a police officer, mm -hmm. would that be a problem? Would not studying the professional policing degree, would that be a problem for them? So. Insofar as the degrees, the two different degrees are concerned, you, you can't flip between the two. Okay. So you couldn't start crime investigation and halfway through, for example, switch to pre-join because obviously the pre-join is governed by the police and education framework. Yeah. Um, but if you've got a degree in crime investigation and you decide that you want to go into the police as a police officer rather than say in statistics or you know any of those other jobs within or roles within the police you can do what's called a degree holders holders entry so you can go into the police force under that route following that route as well so um, it basically means that you've got all of those graduate skills that you would need um, but that you don't necessarily have the police in specific knowledge. Okay. Of course, if you've done the crime investigation degree, you're in a really good position yeah, um, okay. to go down that route because you will have a lot of the same sort of knowledge and skills that 
professional policing students will acquire. Thank you. That's really helpful because it sounds as though if you do change your mind as you're studying, which of course some mm -hmm. people do, it's, it's not game over. There no. are still choices that yeah. you can make. Okay, yeah. that's great. So I'd now like to ask you about law, which um, is probably the, the biggest subject area mm -hmm. in your department. Um, uh, lots of people study law up mm -hmm. and down the country. I think probably most universities offer law. Mm -hmm. um, could you say a few things about what makes law in your department mm -hmm. unique? Why would somebody choose it over one of our competitors? So we, you would find, I think, if you've looked at, you know, law degrees, as you've you've said, Keith, at any university, that there'll be lots of similarities. There'll yeah. be lots of common modules, and that comes from what is now becoming actually a historic position whereby you had to study if you wanted to, to have a what we call a qualifying law degree yeah. you had to study the seven foundations of legal knowledge okay so there's seven subjects that all universities who offer law as an undergraduate provision were required to build into the curriculum okay. um, and the purpose of that was to ensure that anybody who graduated and wanted to go into the legal profession was in a position to be able to move on to the next stage of their training. Um, we're moving away from that position now. So um, as of this academic year, so concluding in December, law degrees will look completely different. Okay. And universities will have a lot more flexibility. They'll be able to um, shape and design their degrees in a much different way. Our degree, I think, um, irrespective of the foundation subjects and the need to cover those is, is unique anyway and we concentrate on optionality so in addition to those core subjects that all students have to study um, we've made sure that the remainder of the degree is open to personal interest okay. so particularly in the final year of the undergraduate degree, students are given the opportunity to choose modules that reflect their interests. So, you know, for example, students who have a real interest in sort of the theoretical aspect of law and the academic side of it, you know, we might encourage them to study modules like criminal law theory, where they're looking at sort of the underpinning theories that help them to understand how the criminal law works. Uh, students who think that they might want to go into practice, who might want to become a solicitor or a barrister, you know, we might encourage them to study the law of criminal evidence, for example, which okay. helps them to understand how evidence will be brought to court um, and the processes that need to be followed to make sure that that evidence would be allowed to go to court. Okay. So we've made sure that that optionality is supported in the second year by modules that sort of encourage students to think about where they're going yeah. and what they want to do. So they'll get a lot of support in making sure that they've made the right choices. Oh, that sounds great because students do like to be able to choose some of their, their options, yeah, don't they? Yeah, and there's lots of research that shows that students perform better in subject areas that they're interested in or yeah. that they've chosen. Again, which is why we've tended to keep a lot of that optionality in the final year. Okay. Um, and do they maybe change over time? So the options one year might not be exactly the yeah, same as Yeah, so year? we try and keep them up to date and keep them current. Um, so for example, an area such as medical law has really become really popular in the last, I'd say, sort of five to 10 years. Um, criminal evidence, again, is something now that I think students are recognising is really relevant. Family law is another area that 
you know, it has taken, uh, you know, that's become really popular in, in more recent years. But we're always looking to see what needs to sort of be represented on the degree. Um, one of the modules that we're working on currently is a welfare and immigration law module, which sort of really reflects the changes that we've seen, particularly in the Tees Valley. That's great. So when we were talking about policing uh, a little bit earlier, we were talking about like a, a, the, the police um, room, the police mm -hmm. house that, yeah, that we the, have. Yeah, yeah. Station, um, yeah. I understand there are some like physical parts of the university that are specific to law and, and maybe there's <coughs> been some recent developments. Yeah, perhaps our sort of most significant um, space in the university is the student law clinic. This is our legal advice centre and it is essentially a fully functioning solicitors firm okay. um, that's situated within the Clarendon building on campus. Um, we've just moved to a, a new space which is much bigger and has the a much bigger capacity. We can take a lot more students in there um, than we could in the old clinic but essentially in the clinic students work alongside the Director of Clinical Legal Education Hannah Sellers and she supervises the students. In the first week they're put into firms and they work with their firms throughout the duration of the year. And do you mean real they law firms? They are real law firms, yeah, and they are basically giving real legal advice to members of the public who perhaps are, are not in a position to be able to pay for legal advice. And I guess that can give a real competitive advantage to somebody when they graduate if they can say, well, actually, I've been working on real live cases. Absolutely. And, you know, we're seeing, as I said earlier, we're seeing a change in the way that solicitors will be trained. Um, whereas historically, uh, you would have to have done an undergraduate law degree and then you would have gone on to do what's called the legal practice course, which is a two year yeah. vocational training course. And on completion of that, then you would have had to do um, a training contract within a law firm and that was the route into the, the profession. Uh, now under the new provisions which are the solicitors qualifying exams uh, you can actually use time that you've spent in a law clinic or a legal advice centre as what they're calling qualifying work experience. So our undergraduate students who are currently in the law clinic for example will graduate not just with a degree but actually with some qualifying work experience okay. under their belt which is fantastic, a okay. great opportunity for them. So it sounds as though there are some considerable changes in the way that people are training mm -hmm. in the profession, but it also sounds as though um, you as head of department and the department, the university, have really got that scoped out. Mm -hmm. So should I be worried about starting training in law in the near future? Is it all going to change no. and be a problem? Absolutely not. Um, you know, the purpose of the changes was to open up the profession, make it more diverse, make it more inclusive. Um, you know, historically, one of the biggest barriers to law graduates going on to do a legal practice course was cost and time. Okay. And I think what the Solicitors Regulation Authority have tried to do is, is really open up the profession. Um, we're currently working with another university, uh, ULaw, who were formerly the University of Law, okay. and we've gone into partnership with ULaw. Um, they are one of the, the leading um, experts on vocational legal education, so they provide the legal practice course, the solicitor's qualifying exam, and also the bar provision for those graduates who want to go and train as a barrister. So we've gone into partnership with them to make sure that we've got that full 
you know, the, the, the our graduates and our students have got that full range of options available to them. Okay. So graduates will be given a discounted fee if they go on to, to one of the vocational U-Law courses. Um, there's also a scholarship, which is a fully funded place. Um, every year, for one of our graduates wow. and U-Law also have some scholarships of their own. Um, so fantastic, again, fantastic opportunities and certainly you know, there's, there's nothing to be worried about, I don't okay. think. Good, okay. So we've covered an, a lot really to do with the training um, for someone who wants to work as a professional mm -hmm. lawyer, a solicitor and, and, and so on. What about someone who's interested in law or indeed any of the subjects that we've talked about today, but is thinking, I don't really know mm -hmm. what career I want to pursue, so I'm interested in law, I've enjoyed it at school or college, I've done well at it, I don't really want to be a solicitor. Is it a waste of time for them to study law? No, of course not. Um, the, the, you know, a lot of the, sort of the quality benchmarks describe law and the, the law-related subjects as fundamentally being academic subjects. And they are academic subjects, you know, even um, their professional policing degree, actually, when you think about the depth of knowledge that you will acquire from studying that degree, you're building on transferable skills, employability skills, commercial awareness skills that can be used in a whole range of different professions. We've had graduates from the crime investigation degree and, uh, and the, the law degree going to a whole range of related but not professional in the strict sense of the term careers you know students that have gone to work for the border force agencies okay. in law for example we have a lot of students that go on to train um, as a teacher we've got students that have gone into the private sector into businesses so and, and even those students that go into the clinic the law clinic you know they're developing skills communication yeah. skills, yeah. Uh, negotiation skills, teamwork skills, autonomy that, that are just so transferable okay. um, that they're never wasted regardless of what they choose to use their degree for. Oh, that's great. That's the key, isn't it? Transferable. It, it is. Lots of yeah. different types of careers it you is. could use the skills. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Thank you. That's really helpful to explain that. Thank you for taking the time Thanks. to do it.